Hello, lovely listener. It's Celia, host of Love Waits for You. Well, if this is your first time joining me, as always, I would go back and start from episodes one to ten if you are um, here for the entertainment <laughs> and also to kind of have a deep insight into what healing and processing trauma could look like um, and what to expect. And, um, just the deep, deep inner work that definitely will cover a lot and catch you up on my life. I'm also going to, at the, um, on the show notes of this episode, I'm going to share a link of a podcast episode that I was a guest on last week. And that podcast was released this Sunday or Monday and, Um, She asked me some really good questions about my story and, you know, I'm I'm just an open book because I know to some people it's for their entertainment, but to others, it's actually going to help them. So I don't really care if at my expense, you know, people could potentially make fun of me or whatever they want. You know, I've said this before, I don't know if I said it on here, but for so long, I worried about what others thought. And the thing is, now I there's no one that could say anything to make me feel bad. Because worrying about what those small people thought. Because the only people who are going to judge and talk bad about someone who is expressing their truth are small people. And... Worrying about those small people and their opinions is what kept me small. And ever since I started taking the leap of faith, and it's not always, well, sometimes it's a leap. (laughs) Sometimes it feels like you're jumping off a cliff, but sometimes it's just baby steps. You know, it's different for everybody. But um, I feel like when I started the podcast, it felt like a freaking leap. I, I just, I wasn't even talking on social media at that time, but it's a lot easier to hide behind you know, to talk into the ether than it is to show up online where you see the people who watch your stories and all that. And there was a period where I was very authentic online. I mean, as far as not authentic, but um, who, what am I talking about? I've all, I'm still sharing my deep, deep truth online, but there was a time that I was like in it. I was in my trauma, processing it, like, deep, deep, deep in it. And, um, I mean, I'm still doing deep work, but it's just not as... I've got I got to the root within the podcast episodes, um, within the first few episodes. I got to the root of a trauma that I couldn't face until I was 37 years old. And so, when you hear that little still, small voice, your intuition, or you can call it God nudging you to do something and sometimes it is like jumping off a cliff you know starting a podcast whenever you literally can't even show up online and then sharing your truth just just do it whatever it is that's on your heart to do just do it because that led me to connecting with others that's always great but it led me to finally heal the root of all of my self-destructive behavior to really like It helped me write my second, or not my second book, my third book. It's just, 
it did so much more than just connect with others. It healed myself. It led me to, you know, my platform and pageantry, which led me to my nonprofit. And so sometimes it's going to feel like it's, oh my gosh, such a huge deal. Like whatever it is you're being asked to do. And then sometimes it's like little things like the other day. I don't know why I felt the nudging to show up online and mention that, hey, I'll offer, you know, free um, mentorship, you know, on Sundays at five o'clock, which thankfully nobody signed up because it was actually the Super Bowl. I don't know what I was thinking. I just don't. I plan ahead certain things and certain things I don't, but it would have been fine to miss it. You know, I've actually, this is the first Super Bowl I've ever actually paid attention to because I'm just going to, I've never talked about this on my podcast, but I'm just going to say it now because it's, you know, I've never wanted anything people, I've never, it's when it comes to like my heart work and my purpose work, I don't ever, of course, like with your friends, you want to be like, oh, my brother, you know, he plays for the NFL, you know, like you're like really excited and you want to show him off and whatever, But when it comes to, like, my true, like, purpose and heart work, like, I want to leave that out of it. And, um, but I will say, because it pertains to this, he was very, I mean, he was basically going to the Super Bowl and the, during halftime of two weeks prior, um, the day before my TEDx, they were up at, like, 17 points. And for reasons that it's not, it's not to be rehashed, but, um, you know, he wrote an article on it. You guys can read it yourself. I'm so happy to see him writing lately because he's so much more than just his athletic abilities. Like, he's very brilliant. He took him and he made excellent grades in high school. I'm pretty sure he had, like, a 5.0 and, like, was taking, like, AP classes. I could be wrong, but I'd rather be wrong. I'm, I just know it was definitely over a 4.0 because I went to the same high school, and they offered AP classes to where if you made straight A's there, the highest GPA you could actually have was the 5.0, and um, it might have even been higher, who knows, but he, uh, so he's so much more than that. He graduated high school early to go to Florida, because, and started Florida early, because he wanted to get ahead of the season, practicing with the team and everything, so he's so, so smart. And, uh, but anyway, we were, I was like, we're going to, like, I had Super Bowl in my mind. Um, in 2019, I also had it in my mind whenever, and that time we got robbed. He was playing for the Saints. It was a bad call. This time it was hard to watch, hard to experience, but it wasn't like I'm going to not watch the Super Bowl because my brother didn't win. Like, no, I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl if he's robbed if a bad play, like, kept him from going to this Super Bowl, I mean, a bad call, but in this case, you know, we did watch the Super Bowl, but anyway, what I'm trying to get at is you feel that nudging in your spirit to do something, and you never know where it's going to lead. The podcast has led me to my healing, to my deep healing, and to me being more visible online, and, you know, it eventually, it's going to lead to book deal. It led me to being guests on talk shows, like, little Celia, like, would have loved that, like, maybe that's not your dream to, for people to know you, and that's totally fine, but whenever I was little, you know, I always would watch E, and I wanted to be famous, like, I wanted to be, but I wanted to be famous for, like, being a supermodel, something that, 
would be very high, I mean, very highly unlikely just because of, you know, my, I don't want to say my struggle with my weight, but I'm just not built super small. I can get small and lean, but I'm not super tall and, you know, they have, I'm just maybe don't have the look for it. I mean, but I got to live out my dream of even the idea of that whenever I walked into your fashion week two times. So it's like, there's ways to achieve your dreams, even if they're so far-fetched as being a supermodel whenever you're five, six and three quarters, you know, you're going to get that need met by walking in New York Fashion Week. But anyway, so I don't know where that whole nudging is going to lead. Um, maybe it was for me to realize my need, something that I have unmet right now, is a need for community, is a need for, um, you know, something that I used to f- get met, like whenever I was involved in church. And the lady whose podcast I was on, she, like, is an ordained minister. I didn't know that until afterwards. She's definitely very much talks about God a lot and stuff. And she was the perfect person for me to tell my story truthfully to. Like, when something else takes over you and it's got a bunch of Bible verses and it's all like resembles something that'd be you'd read out of the Bible or at least the beliefs or whatever. You know, I've said before on here, I felt like Jesus channeled through me, whatever. You know, another way to say it is you know, the Holy Spirit inspired me. And, um, you know, I could tell her, you know, that I saw a vision of a scroll and then I started writing and then it didn't stop. Um, but not everybody, like in a pageant interview, I'm not going to say that I saw a vision of a scroll. I'm going to call it an epiphany, <laughs> you know, because not everybody's going to understand and no, it, nobody has to. But what it did, that conversation, I will say, it reminded me, like, how this journey all began in the first place. It didn't begin when I started my podcast. It began in 2011. And it began right after, or it was less than a week after my husband's brother committed suicide. It was right at the first of the year. Well, they found his body, I think like January 2nd. So they think that it happened January 1st, just timetable wise. But 2011 was like a very difficult year. Well, many years following for my husband and his family. But 2011 in January was like my new beginning. And I don't know if there's a coincidence in this, but it's like we were both broken open and maybe even for him, awakened in a sense. Because when you feel something that soul-crushing, I mean, that's where the light enters, you know, whenever we're broken open. But all I know is my husband and I, we didn't even meet till 2018. But we both had something very significant in our lives. Life-changing happened in January of 2011. And that is whenever I wrote my first book in three days. And if you've never written a book and published a book. So even if you is okay, so I don't know what the self publishing. So there's self publishing, there's hybrid publishing, and there's traditional publishing. I'm trying to hold out for a traditional publishing deal right now. 
But um, self-publishing is, like, you can go to Amazon, you know, write a book, go to Amazon, and, like, have it printed, like, within a week. Um, Maybe pay them to put it in a format, but it's not going to be as, like, professional looking if you were to do hybrid publishing or traditional publishing. Hybrid publishing, you pay half the money or part of the money up to all of the money to produce the book to get the cover, to pay for a conceptual editor. I remember for me at the time, I bump, I pumped out like two books in a matter of like four months, one in three days, and the other was written over a couple months. It, not even a couple months. I think it was like a month because my books released back to back. Like one was released in um, like May of June, May of 2012, the other in June. Because what happens is got the book deal, sent it, the Monday after it happened, got the call the same day from this Christian publisher, Christian quote unquote, um, cause they've, the recent, they are, they're out of business now for embezzling money, but I, that means I own all the rights to my book. So if there was ever a movie deal, if there was ever something that came from it before I was going to have to give a percentage to them, but now like it's all mine. Like I don't have to pay anybody, if anything ever comes from my first book, nobody gets a cut of it. But anyway, so the hybrid publishing is what I did where at the time it was $2,000. I've looked into it now and it's like six or $8,000. And my husband's just not going to fly for that. Cause he's going to be like, you can just hold out and do like for the real thing, or you can go on Amazon, pay $300 and get your book out there. Cause it's only like $300 to have them put it in a book format. You give them the photo for the cover and the back. But when you have a um, hybrid publisher, like they have a conceptual editor who goes through the book with you and says, hey, I want you to show more. The The original book that I had written was edited. Like not, it was like show more here. It was, you know, you need that. You need somebody to like, hey, like let's, let's go over this. Let's, there's a conceptual editor. There's a copy editor. So they're going to make sure like all the punctuation and like you have to stick with one manual style. Mine was AB or I forget what the name of it is. I think it's AB or whatever. But you, there's Chicago and then I think I did the AB. But you stick with one and you just stay with it. So you honor like all the rules for that particular style of writing. But I loved the book. I loved the book writing process. I loved it. But yeah, so you write a book and then like a whole year until it actually, well, for me, it was like a year and a few months till it actually is released. That's why, like, I really want a book deal. And, and like, I know, like, oh my gosh, like, the time it's going to be till it actually comes out. But in some ways, I was thinking today, you know, the mindset of fully surrendering to the flow of life and fully believing, you know, scripture taught me that every God would work everything for my good. So I believed with faith that everything would happen for my good. And that got me with that. But even spiritual people that don't follow any sort of religion, like the universe has always got our back. You know, Gabby Bernstein said that, you know, it's always on our side. So believing that truth originating from Christianity, but knowing that it applies to anybody in any religion, I look at the fact that I haven't got the book deal yet and the life experience I've gained that I can write about, that I can add to, 
the book that's written and even thinking, well, maybe the title will change by the time I actually get the book deal because I want to be like, I don't want to be known for being pretty. I don't want to be known for doing mortgages. I want to be known as like a writer. Like I just, that's my dream. Like I I just want to be, that's where I want my fame, I guess you could say. I don't want to be Insta famous. I don't want to be, you know, famous for playing football like my brother. I don't want to be, I want to be a well-known author. And because I can speak on stages, because, you know, I will put myself out there on social media. I feel like I could really like sell it as well. Cause it's not just great. It's not just good enough to be like an amazing writer. You've got to like People's got to know you to buy it. So you've got to put yourself out there. And um, so I'm just, here I am. Two things I'm manifesting tonight. That book deal. And may this be the year that I get the book deal. May May they see that if I just have somebody else backing me, I have an audience of people who will want to hear what I have to say put into my heart of heart, like way of communicating, which is not even through speaking, it is through writing. And whenever I'm speaking, it's from something that I've already written. So it all comes back to the source originating from me actually like writing. And another thing I want to manifest, because I am a little superficial, but um, so there's like $2.2 million, I guess they're suites at the um, uh, football thing. And I was like joking on social media. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and manifest and dream up, you know, being on, this is a story, during the Super Bowl. I was like, being at the Super Bowl next year, you know, because my brother, like even he says, you know, that they're going to be there next year. So I'm not even being like presumptuous. Like he's, I mean, they were basically going to be there, but things went wrong in that game. Like they were, there was, if you don't understand the fourth Super Bowl, which I'm sure everybody does, but I haven't, like I'm learning, I still am learning about football. It's crazy. Like, what I told my husband, I was like, what did, how did people learn how to play football, like, or to watch football without somebody there to help them? You know, because I wouldn't have, I've gotten this far just from my husband helping me. Like, I'll ask questions and stuff. It's a very complicated sport. Like, you can't be stupid and play football. Like, you, I think you've definitely got to be smart. Like, I know that there's the term meathead and stuff like that. And, but, like, to keep up with all that stuff. But anyway. Um, the, uh, there's like four teams and it's like the divisional championship for each, uh, for each of the two separate teams and my brother, um, well, how might begin? It's the NF- NFC championship. He won his division, but the NFC championship and then though that winner with the AFC, AAC, I'm messing it up, but it's not the league that my brother's in. And then they they play a game, and then the winners of those two go to the Super Bowl. So my brother was at that second to last place of going to the Super Bowl. So it's not far fetched. It's not even like I'm trying to manifest going to the Super Bowl next year. That's why I said like, okay, let me make this an actual dream because that can happen. I can save up money. I don't plan on doing a pageant next year. You know, um, yes, Super Bowl tickets are expensive, but so is competing in pageants and buying clothes and stuff like that and then your hair and makeup so that's not going to be an expense next year plus you know I can just save up little by little 
And that'd be an amazing experience, but why don't we make it a dream and something I can like envision and manifest and make it be a suite? And uh, my husband said, hey, I saw your story, but do you know how much suites cost? And I was like, yeah, like 2.2 million. And he was like, we're not going to be doing a suite. I'm like, Dane, I'm not planning on us paying for it. I'm planning on me continuing to be the light and the person that I am, putting myself out there into the world and drawing the right opportunities to me. Like, that's like a whole, like, it's got food. Like, I don't think, I was like, I don't think that there's just like one person that buys it. And if they are, they're, they're very rich. So I just plan on, or I'm trying to manifest and I'm not thinking in my head that it's so far out of my reach that sometime between now and next year when my brother goes to the Super Bowl, hopefully, and only if he goes to the Super Bowl, I'll meet that person that's like, you know what? You and your husband and your children and your sister-in-law and your parents, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we can go and be in that um, suite. So, like, hey, you know what? We're completely loaded. I just love you and um, all that you're doing and the work that you're doing and just want to have, like, give you this experience. Why is that... Why, why can't I dream? So that's all. Um, but no, I'm not dreaming up that I'm going to be able to financially afford a $2.2 million Super Bowl because I, I, I could do the math. And even if it was my best year in mortgages, and even if I got a book deal, I mean, the most those ever are is like, you know, a couple hundred thousand. Um, and then, and that's supposed to, you have to like pay that back once you like have your sales. So, um, it's just kind of like an advance and then, um, let's do the math and the, you know what I mean? It's just like, no, I would like to, if I came into a few million dollars like that, I would put it away that way. If I ever just decided I didn't want to work anymore, I wouldn't have to, that's what would happen. I'm not going to spend it on that. Or if, you know, my contribution can be, you know, the $20,000 that it would cost for normal tickets, for me and my husband, and we just leave the kids at home, so that'd be totally fine, and then, of course, my sister-in-law, we gotta squeeze her in, we gotta squeeze her in, because, you know, she, it's her husband, so, anyways, love you guys so much, thanks for listening, and we will keep this up, I know in June, my, my servicer, I guess it's called, that I record my podcast on, they're changing, they're gonna be bought by, um, another, I think it's Riverdale, to be honest. And Riverdale, you have to pay for. And um, so there's going to be a decision I'm going to have to make by June. Because part of what has made this so beautiful and made this so, like, something that I'm going to do every single week and not put the pressure on me of a performance is that it doesn't cost me anything. Like, I just go in, I give freely, and... If there is a cost associated with it, like it's different whenever it's my nonprofit stuff for me to invest my money into it. And I guess I could probably, you know, pay from the nonprofit. But where do you think that the money from the nonprofit comes from? Like it it still comes from me. I'm not big enough. I don't have that donor that I've also tried to manifest. Maybe the same donor that's going to um, invite us to get the Super Bowl suite. (laughs) But, um... Why, why can't I dream that big? Like you, as long, I'm not, it's not changing anything in my life to think that way, to, to make that be a dream. Like if you have to come up with dreams and you've achieved so like the things that you want to achieve, like you're going to run out of things to like dream of. It used to be 
my Prince Charming. Well, I, I got him. Um, and then you realize like things aren't what you really dream, right? <laughs> like, I mean, I love you husband. I know you're listening and you, he wasn't, I say on the podcast that I was just on, like he wasn't my savior, but he really was my hero and he always will be. And like me and one of my girlfriends were talking the other day, like Dane deserves a Grammy because of the, like how I have evolved since I have met him. Like I get all the credit, but that nurturing relationship, that solid foundation and just like unconditional love really helped me bloom. So anyway, love you guys. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you next week.